Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today we have joining us Marissa and Rose. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Tell us a bit about yourselves, please. Well, we're a mother-daughter team, and I would be the mother, and she would be the daughter, obviously. <laughs> um, we are the owners of Love Sweet Arrow, which was the second romance-exclusive bookstore that opened a little over three years ago in uh, Tinley Park, which is south of Chicago. Yeah, um, and I'm the Marissa, the daughter. Um, I, I moonlight as a bookstore owner, but I'm a preschool teacher <laughs> as well. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Yes, that's great. <laughs> well, okay. Tell us how both of you became romance readers. Um, uh, reading her books. <laughs> <laughs> and I okay, so it's all Rose. It all started with Rose. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, mine started with my mom and I have some older sisters that read romance. So my mother never like um, worried about what we we're reading because as long as we were reading and I, I think there's four of us sisters that are huge readers. So out of six. So she didn't care. And so if she had a book and I wanted to read it, I could read it. So, so what did she read a lot of? She read a lot of romance. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Julie Garwood was big back then. Um, Joanna Lindsay. Well, you guys opened love sweet arrow. So take us back to the beginning. Like, how did this idea to open up a bookstore come to you two? We were big. Uh, like I did a lot of online shopping at the Red Bodice. So that was always kind of like, this is really cool. It has all the books that I want to buy. Um, and while I can't go visit it in person, I can just order it online. And that's amazing. Like I, I go to Barnes and Noble and all they have is like the latest Beverly Jenkins. I can't get her backlist, but I go on the Red Bodice website and it's all there. Yeah. So kind of like that. And then um, mom's really good at telling the opening part of the story. So I'll let you take it from there. All right. So it was probably four, four and a half years ago. And the lottery for the first time got to a billion dollars. I don't know if you guys remember that. And so we kept on saying, when we win a billion dollars, we're going to open a romance bookstore like the Red Potters. <laughs> you know, that's, so that was our thought. We're going to win the lottery and we're going to open this bookstore. Well, we didn't win the lottery. Um, I don't even know who won. It's been four years. Um, but then like a couple months passed and we were still like, oh, it would be so fun. And I said to Marissa, well, look, at you go around one time. We're either going to do it or we're not. What do you want to do? And so then we spent the next uh, seven or eight months researching as much as we could. Um, and I still think when we opened it, we were such newbies. It doesn't matter how much you think you know and how prepared you are, you're just not. So then we kickstarted uh, and we were unsuccessful. And so with Kickstarter, you either get it all or you get nothing. So we got nothing. So we were two for two. We didn't win the lottery. We didn't get <laughs> Kickstarter money. Um, but then we just we just started right away with Plan B. Um, we started a Patreon. We had some friends and family that helped us. Uh, and we just, we opened um, about four months after our Kickstarter was unsuccessful. And so literally we call it, we opened on a dime. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ikea donated furniture. Um, Like we had these old, we we still have them, these these glass cases that my parents had in their garage. Like like half of our merch is in there. Like we're very, it's very like thrown together, but we make it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that matters. (laughs) Yeah. We're here. 
Well, we read on the store's blog that you two spent some time coming up with the name for the store. Do you remember how you came up with Love Sweet Arrow? And are any of the names that you, and what are some of the names that didn't get chosen? Okay. Um, so <laughs> um, I was just looking like on online for like po- romance poetry and stuff. And for a little while, like it was like, um, my, we had like a list and I don't know where that list is anymore, but it was on a dry erase board at my parents' house. Um, and it, it like, we just had like tons of like things like two women in a bookstore. Like, um, <laughs> at one point there was like a, a line from like, I don't remember what poet, but it was like, make Romeo jealous. I'm like, maybe you could do make Romeo jealous. And then, um, I was just looking up like romance euphemisms and like other words for, things and love sweet arrow which is you know a penis reference and i was like i kind (laughs) of like that i'm like i know it's a penis reference but it also kind of works yeah and we just kind of kept coming back to that and it's like yeah it's a phallic reference but i mean and then we short someone started shorting it to lsa and that that really works too um but it's also like a little inside joke and then i think in our around our first anniversary or something someone's like what's it a name and then they wrote about us and they said what's it a name and it's like a penis reference and i'm like oh my gosh and my first and last name is on this <laughs> so usually we'll just say to people well it does have a meaning but you'll have to look it up yourself and if right <laughs> you look it up and then come back and tell us about it yeah <laughs> So yeah, it makes yeah. total sense to me now, but you know, just uh, clueless old me here is just like, oh, like Cupid's arrow. Okay, <laughs> and that, <laughs> Aaron, I was the same. The PG version. That's a PG reference. <laughs> well, I think that's so fascinating because I mean, now it's like everybody knows "Love Sweet Arrow," right? But it's so fascinating to hear like there were probably like there was like an entire list of names, and that it wasn't just something that came to you two, but. And that you were doing research and stuff like that. And it's just so fascinating because it's like, it's so synonymous with romance now. Like people know your store and I think names are so important. So to just know that like there was a list, you know, before you decided on this one, it's so fascinating. Yeah. And it was like probably one of the hardest things we did because I was like, I don't know what to call this store. (laughs) Like, I, I mean, and bookstores, like, there are so many different, like, kinds of bookstores, different names, and we wanted it to be romancy, but we also didn't want it to be, like, a, the romance bookstore, because that just seems so generic. Yeah. So. yeah. And then my husband did a deep dive to make sure nobody else had that name, and it wasn't copyrighted, and we weren't infringing on anybody, mm-hmm. so... Um, that kind of, even though we settled on that name, there was still some work to do before we actually said this is what our name was. So, yeah, I think a lot more goes into bookstores than people realize. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, just like a, a question that I want to throw in here like, okay, so the Kickstarter didn't work and you started basically on a dime. Like, tell us, d- describe for us those feelings. Like, we're, I'm, I'm assuming y'all were nervous. I mean, opening a bookstore, especially like in the world, I don't know, like you have Barnes and Noble, you have Amazon, like I'm assuming it can be a little bit nervous and like nervous bringing and chaotic, but like describe those 
feelings for us when it's like, okay, we're doing this. We're open now. Well, I think for me, like the weekend before our Kickstarter ended, I remember like mom had come over to my condo and I was just sitting there. I'm like, we're not going to be able to do this. We can't, we don't have the money. And like throughout the whole like experience, like I had been like, oh, we're going to, we're going to get this. We're going to get the money. But it was like three days left. And I'm like, we're at 14 grand. And while like that, that that was so generous of everyone who donated, it just wasn't anywhere near what we needed. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, but I mean, obviously a big thank you to everyone who, you know, tried to donate and did all that. We like, every time I got an email, I was like, woo. I mean, I may have work and I'm like, oh, I don't have kids coming in for about five more minutes. And I checked my phone. Oh, we got another donation. Yay. But like when it's three days left and I was like, oh, I, I don't think this is possible. And like, it, like I felt like so deflated because yeah. I had been like, we've been working on this and planning on this for months. And I was like, a light at the end of the tunnel. I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I might quit my job or I might, you know, take a year of absence and focus on the bookstore. And then I was like, oh, I can't, I'm not going to be able to. And I remember just feeling, and mom was like, you know what? We'll find another way to do it. We've got a location. You know, we're, we just need to, you know, figure out if this is the right one. Um, like, and I, and I just like her being able to lift me back up. So by the time that it ended and we didn't make it, I was like, okay, we have a game plan. So we like did the page, we started the Patreon like literally the next day. Yeah, it was really nerve wracking, actually. Um, we did it during the summer because both her and I worked at a school during the year. I have since retired to work full time at the bookstore. Um and so we're like, well, so we'll give it three months in the summer. I mean, we signed a two-year lease, so we knew we weren't going to close. And let's see how it goes. And I remember my husband saying after like a month, he's like, you guys are really doing this. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we're really doing this. <laughs> I mean, it's it was nerve-wracking. I, I Like when we opened, I thought our shelves were about two-thirds full. <clears throat> and I'm I'm the buyer right now, so I've been buying way too much because we have books in the back and boxes still. I'm like, I got to cut back. I have too many books, so um, not enough shelf space. It's like everyone's problem at home. Too many books, yeah. not enough space. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just ignore those boxes of unsorted books on the floor. I know. Right. I know. Oh, I'm telling you, we have this area in the back back that's like curtained off. Usually I'll close the curtain when when we're not having an, or open the curtain when we're not having an event. But if people saw the back room, they'd be like, you ladies need to get your stuff together. (laughs) 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 Well, can you, can y'all walk us through the process of like, of how you get the books on the shelves in your store? Like Ms. Rose, you said you're the buyer right now. So can you explain that process to us? Well, I'm sure there's a really a good process that most booksellers do, but I'm not most booksellers. So um, what I do a lot, honestly, is I I go on social media. And if I see a book's releasing in three months, I take a picture of it. And when I'm at the store, then I research it. Is that something that I want to have in the store? Honestly, Mm -hmm. that's what I do. Uh, There's certain authors that we follow that we know when their next book is coming out. But we're always adding new authors, too. So... Um, I get a lot of my recs from social media where the author will just say, I'm so excited. My book is coming in in three months and click, I take a picture of it. Um, so I know that that's really not the way you're supposed to do it, but that's how I do it. Yeah. And then also too, with the social media, we can also like peek at their likes, peek at their tweets. Um, indie authors will sometimes like Instagram message us 
And I will say, if you're not, if we don't already follow you, it doesn't always show up until like two weeks later. Yeah, because it's in that like hidden folder that you have to like look. Yeah. So I would say as a, just as a friendly cautionary, if you want to get in a bookstore, find their email. It's probably somewhere that's easily accessible and email them. Because it's going to show up in emails a lot faster than Instagram. And I, you know, one time, like it had been like six months and I hadn't seen anything because I just never, I never went to that portion of Instagram. And I was like, oh, sorry. (laughs) But, you know, you Instagram DM'd a bookstore. So it's. And I'm, I've been really good about trying to remember to check those, but it's just easier to email. It saves everybody heartache. And then because, you know, if you're the author, you didn't earn six months. Oh, wow. They didn't want me. No, we just didn't know you DM'd us. Well, has owning a romance bookstore changed your reading of romance at all? Not me. <laughs> um, except for I, I read probably three or four times as many books. Um, I always have like three going at once. The pandemic changed my reading of romance. I could not read paranormal or historical for a long time because I needed to be grounded in the here and now. So I was only reading contemporary for like six months. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That So that changed it. But owning the bookstore hasn't changed it. Except for my, sometimes my husband will say, Oh, you're reading again? Dude, I have a bookstore. <laughs> yeah. I, these are all arcs that I read. I rarely get a book that is already released that I get a chance to get to back and read. So Marissa runs our uh, net galley thing, which is fabulous. And so I, because I'm not working outside of the store, I'm the one that reads probably a lot more than she does right now. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's the hard part is like over the summer, um, I was able to read a lot more. Um, but now that it's, uh, back to school, I'm in front of a computer all day or just, you know, my brain is tired when I get home. Um, but I will, uh, second the whole, um, pandemic definitely changed my reading. Um, I've definitely kind of like, it has to be a real comfort read to work for me for romance or, um, something that's like different, if that makes sense. Or I've been, Recently, in the past like year and a half, I'm like gobbling up thrillers. So, oh, okay. yeah. um, uh, one of the cozy mystery writers that um, is in Chicago, uh, Mia Menansala, um, she uh, retweeted like crime writers of color one day, and so I go on that like every couple of months, and then go see if the books are on NetGalley. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, because I'm like that, you know, it's it's gonna be, you know, a more than your average, you know, thriller. And I'm like, and then I'm like, you know, making sure I'm reading authors of color and all that stuff. So I'm like, I, so I re- I just went on uh, over the weekend and I <laughs> requested a bunch of thrillers written by authors of color. <laughs> so share with us some of y'all's favorite reads from this year so far. I've. I've kind of been in a reading slump. I like I I just like I my brain just isn't functioning the way it did. And I mean, three years into the pandemic, I guess it makes sense. But I did just start an arc of shipwrecked, and I feel like I kind of got my groove back a little bit. So, and I'm like, I guess I should have pulled that off, you know, the table a little while sooner. Um, and then I'm hoping to then uh, 
read um, Erica Ridley's latest Nobody's Princess that's next. So, I mean, I, I haven't read or finished either of them, but I really liked the other two in the Wild Winchester um, series. So I'm I'm excited about that. It's just it's just a historical, but it's got a little bit of a spin on it because of the found family, but also like this guy just like adopted all these kids. <laughs> so yeah. there's something about August and September. I, I feel like that in the reading community, you talk about it. That's kind of the reading slump time, time of the year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mine is July and August <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it, I I think September is really one of the slowest months, in my opinion, for bookstores. That in January, um, yeah. Um, but so what is that we, because like for in September, are is it like um, I don't know because you're getting ready for the holiday market, right? Like I think in romance, like you see some holiday romances coming out in August. I feel like it gets earlier and earlier, but I've always heard like September is slow and then it's like October comes or whatever. And it's just like books all over the place. Yeah. I think that probably has something to do with it. Plus everyone's back to school and work. Um, you know, like the, the school year has started and everyone whose parents are focusing on getting their kids off well. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't have the answer for it, but um, typically September's not a great month for book sales, so. Yeah. And Ms. Rose, you read, you said you have like three books going on at a time usually. I have do. you had any like standouts this year? And I have to know, are any of those audiobooks or are you like reading all of them physically or on Kindle? I, I read them physically or on uh, Kindle. Um, and okay. the Kindle... Like I don't, I just have the Kindle app on my phone or on my iPad um, and it's strictly for arcs. Um, yeah. So physically I, uh, I'm trying to think of, I, I wish I had my iPad with me, but I finished uh, a couple months ago, how the wallflower was won by Eva Lee. And that is part of her uh, last chance of scoundrels. And that's really a good book. Um, did you, I, um, did you read partners in crime by Alicia Rye? Yes. That's really cute really uh, steps out of her comfort zone, I think, because of the whole, it's a one night thing um, or a weekend in Vegas. That was a really good book. Um, I read the do Joanna Shoup. Don't ask me what the name is. Um, it's, it's not out yet. So I don't have to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading one right now and I don't know the name because I just, I'm, I just go, kind of go online and pick the next one. And I don't even know who it's by, but it's, um, she swears off men and gets a puppy. Swears off men and gets a puppy. And it's really mm. a cute little premise to the book. And I'm almost done with it. But again, I don't know the name. I If I would have known, I would have brought my iPad so I could look all this stuff up. Um, I've already read Shipwrecked. I'm trying to think of what else is coming out in the next few weeks. So it's safe to say, like, you're not a mood reader, Miss Rose. Like, you'll just pick up something. Like, I, I have will. to read this next. I'll just pick up something. I'm like, oh. And uh, Mercy's been really good about getting us new authors, which is why I don't know what this author's, even the, her name or the title of her <laughs> book is, because it's not an author I've ever heard of before. Um, so that's good. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm just, I just moved on the Kindle. She said to me, I got like 20 more books. I'm like, sweet, there's my next <laughs> week and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have probably read 150 to 175 books this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I don't want to make a list because that would be you're like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> research. You right, research for work. Right. It is, it is research. That's true. Because when people come in, I, I, I will say, 
okay, on our new trade shelf, I'm like, I haven't read this one, this one, and this one, but everything else you could ask me about. So um, you have to know when people come in what's what's new and what's good. So, yeah. And they, like a lot of people say, you know, I'm grabbing the couple I want. What would you recommend? And a lot of times I'm like, I could tell you a book from a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because... I have not had any time to read. But uh, <laughs> usually if they throw a trope at me, I'm like, oh, I could tell you. Here, here, here. <laughs> and a lot of times when they come in and they'll say, I'm looking for a book with this trope. And I'll look and I'm like, books? I have no idea what you're talking about. Whoops. <laughs> oh, and then I'm like, let me look online and get you some ideas. Because <laughs> I totally draw a blank whenever someone says that. I'm like, if I can look at the top of it and tell you what's new and what's good or what I liked recently... But sometimes that trope question just gets me and versus like mom. And I'm like, I know, I just, I freeze. <laughs> okay. So before Aaron asks the next question, I have to slide this one in there then with what do you like, what are some of the books y'all feel like, or authors, let's say authors that like people are constantly coming in there and looking for? I'm interested to know recently. Uh, I'll definitely Olivia Dade. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I feel like we, um, Natalie Canyon's a proposal they can't refuse. We've been consistently selling that one. Yes. Um, and that's a debut, but um, it got a lot of attention. And I think a lot of people like the cover is so beautiful. It just draws your eye. And like the sunset, it just screams romance. Yeah. Um, so I feel like a lot of people are, are drawn to like, it's got the orangey, kind of sun like a sunset color and I think it just draws your eye and you know whoever says don't judge a book by its cover we all do like a cover draws you in it can draw you away um Talia Hibbert's another one. Oh yeah um, when, especially whenever we get any of her indie books in like within like we get them on a Friday they're gone on Monday wow. um yeah she's one and like, uh, we'll just come in. I'm like, oh, mom, we need to get the Ravenswood series. She's like, she's like, but we just got that in. I said, I know. We should have bought three copies of each. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> and she has a new book coming out. So <laughs> I'm sure I have a picture of that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I've got to throw a question in there, too. So I don't know if you've been listening, but um, we've been doing a, what we call the Blaze Project. And so as bookstore owners, what can you tell us about the, the high heat books and how those, how those sell? Yeah. Marissa, are you going to take that one? I, you know, it, we have some people who come in and sorry, um, that's, they're looking for that high heat, but I feel like a lot of times people are just looking for like authors and books similar to those authors versus heat level. Okay. okay. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. like it, it's hard to say. Well, I have to tell you this story though, about um, three weeks ago, there's a tea shop next to us. And uh, there was a lady who came in and she was getting ready to meet a friend and she was from out of state. And she said, and I saw your bookstore. I'm looking for the good stuff. And I said, erotic and she said yes and i said here you go and we're like a judgment-free zone whatever you want we'll 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 sell it we're we're, everyone gets to like what they like and so at one point she's standing there and she said um i just don't get it and i'm like what 
And she's like, I don't understand why people won't just admit that they like sex and be over it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's like, why are we hiding it? And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> this is a judgment-free zone here. That's right. I just thought, I mean, so she was like probably upper 60s. And I was just like, well, you just tell it like it is there, honey. So, yeah. Well, please tell us. What is one trope you will never get tired of reading? Only one bed. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I Like two of my favorite like holiday romances have only one bed. And I just love rereading them every... Okay, you have to tell us the title. You have to tell us. Yeah, Christmas Gone Perfectly Wrong by Cecilia Grant. And then A Wedding, One Christmas by Therese Beharie. Okay. And despite being closed door, that one has only one bed. It does. Oh my gosh. And that's the one. Isn't that the one that it takes place in like 24 hours? Yes. The whole series does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's so good. And you know what? You know, and I really feel like sometimes people like forget about the closed door romances and they can get pretty steamy. And that one gets pretty steamy for being a closed door romance. Like, yeah. they, they make out, it gets pretty steamy. And then he's like, I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> But what yeah, about you, Miss Rose? So Do you have one? Um, I I really kind of like friends to lovers. Um, yeah. I, I I can get into one of those really really easily. Um, I like enemies to lovers too. Um, yeah, <laughs> so definitely friends to lovers and enemies to lovers are my two favorite tropes. Though, yeah. Okay, so this may be a little hard to answer, but tell us one of your most read authors. Oh, see, that's not hard for me. Okay, can I go first? Because you're going to say my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Just because I told you and you're going to take it. No, but for me, it's Olivia Dade. Um, All of her her series, we carry her indie stuff as well. Um, But last year in 2021, one of my top two was All the Feels. Okay, so you know how much I read. I read that book four times last year. Oh my goodness. Oh. I it's yeah. to me it is such a comfort read that I would just it would I have like a a, a couch and and I had for a while stacks of books all over the place but that sat right next to me on the couch and every night before I would go to bed I would open it up and read a chapter or two reread. Yeah. Definitely. So, okay, Marissa. That wasn't what I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I just I always go back to Miss Bev. I mean, I went back when I was a young romance reader. I read her YA romances. And those were the ones, the Belle and the Bow and Josephine and the Soldier. I reread those out of all the Avon True Romance for teens. Those two, I read them over and over and over again. And um, like, I haven't read her entire backlist because I'm like, I can't. Because then once I do... There's nothing left. There's nothing <laughs> left. Yeah. Yeah. And I told my, like, one of my goals, like, with the bookstore, I was like, I really want to make sure that we have as much of our backlist as we can get. And right now we have a shelf and a half that's dedicated to not even all of her romance books, but most of them. Um, just because as a reader, I would go in and I'd be like, oh, I got the most recent one, but here, where are all the books that I, like, that she wrote 10 years ago. Where are those? And like Barnes and Noble would be like, oh, well, we only carry the most recent. I'm like, do you realize how 
how like you're losing money right now because I can't buy these books. I'm trying to think of uh, someone that uh, a local author that I really like as well is Sonali Dev. Have you read her? Oh, Sonali Dev. She's local to you guys? Yes, she is. Yes. We've been to her house. Shh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just once. I love there that was, for you. There was I love a it. romance writers party and we got invited. Yes. <laughs> right before we, we, we weren't even open yet, were we? No. no. Mm-mm. Yeah. So I, we have all of her books and she, and when we get in new ones, um, well, her um, assistant lives close to the store. So she, either I'll take them out. I've done before to her house and she signs them or she does an event with us or Melissa will come and get them. So everything we have of Sonali is signed by Sonali, which is fun. Yeah. It's a nice perk for our readers is it you know, if we can, we try to get as many books signed or, um, if authors send us book plates, I think it's a nice perk about an indie bookstore is that you get all these little things that you wouldn't necessarily get at a, a bigger chain. And yeah. uh, like people will come in and uh, uh, they'll have a book and they'll like flip it open and be like, oh, guess what? It's signed. Or guess what? We have a book plate. And they're always like, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I like to sometimes I like to just not advertise it until they buy it. And I'm like, Oh, and here it's signed. So mm-hmm. it's always a nice surprise. Yeah. Well, can you tell us what's one book you wish you could experience reading again for the first time? I don't know that I mean, I, I saw that question. I'm like, I don't know, there are. Huh. It's hard because there are so many books that you'd want to. But I'm a big rereader. So if I want, I mean, I know it's not the same as reading it for the first time, but, and I read really fast. So a lot of times like little mini plot points or like small character names, mm-hmm. just because I read so fast, I miss it. And so the second time I'll be like, oh, I forgot that happened. Or, oh, I didn't even, like, I totally missed that part. <laughs> yeah. I don't, um, what is the book I wish I could read again for the first time? There's a lot. Um, well, all the feels, just because I, obviously you know how much I love that. But for a long time, I had a book by Barbara Delinsky, and it's kind of a romance, but it's also more women's fiction. It's Flirting with Pete. And there's a lot of content warnings for that book, but I would always go back to that book and reread it. And how, and I, so that would be, I think something fun to read again for the first time. Yeah, it does have a happily ever after, but I mean, it takes a lot to get there. And there's just a lot of backstory, which is why I kind of think it's women's fiction. But yeah, that that's one. And then um, I think um, Bombshell by Sarah McLean. I would like to read that one again for the first time. Is that was a good Oh, wow. And that's a recent one. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us one hill that both of you would wholeheartedly die on. I... I think whatever your heat level is, that's the right heat level for you. And like, no, like, like, let's not shame people who only read closed door because just because they only read closed door doesn't mean they're reading like Amish romances. Like Therese Beharry is an amazing like closed door romance writer and her books are every bit as wonderfully written as the hottest, most explicit erotic romance that you've read. And I like, sometimes like 
people are like, oh, I want angst. And I'll be like, and I'll recommend her. And I said, but you know, just for, you know, full warning, if you'd like a bit of steam, like a lot of hot and heavy, you're not going to get that there. And they'll be like, oh, I don't want that then. I'm like, but her angst is so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> missing out and so like but then you know on the other side when someone's like mm, I, you know i don't really like see me it's like i i i get that but let's let's be let's not be shamey about it and yeah. let's you know because on all different heat levels are amazingly written books and you know and it, it may not be for you but that doesn't mean it's not a fantastic book and i think for me the hill that i would die on is um stop putting down romance just stop. Yeah. I mean, it is one of the biggest sellers of all. I think mystery is the only one last I heard that beats it. Um, I had some guys come in from the village and they were asking some questions. And the one guy was just kind of being, you know, on the edge rude. And he's like, well, romance. And I said, yeah, let's talk about it. I said, there's very little romance that has someone dying. There's not sexual assault. Women are portrayed in a bad way. Let's talk about romance. I'm not going to read any more Stephen King or John Sanford. I said, because it's always women that are being hurt and killed. So yeah, let's talk. And he was like, well, I guess if you put it that way. Yeah, that's the way I'm going to it. Exactly. <laughs> so... And I feel like a lot of shade that the romance genre gets is from people that have never even given it a try. Agreed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, what's one thing readers don't know about owning a romance bookstore that you think they should know? Um, kind of circling back, if if you're just a random person, you have a really important question you want answered, please send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> just because like, I mean... I'm the person that runs the social media and I have a full-time job, so I cannot look at our DMs to see if someone randomly sent us something all the time. And if I see it and it's not like super pressing, then I will like say like, oh, I'll handle it tomorrow. And I will probably forget about it because I get up at 5.30 to go be a chaos coordinator. <laughs> and... It, and then I feel bad because then like weeks go by and I'm like, oh, it's probably too late to answer their question about tropes. I'm sorry. <laughs> so if, if you're one of those people that never got a response, I apologize. I will try to do better. Please feel free to send us an email. We will get back to you a lot sooner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, sometimes it just takes me a while to answer the email. And well, I, I have CRS, which my dad calls can't remember stuff. And so if someone emails me and then they email me again, I'm like, I have to go back and look, what is it that you're talking about? Even though I answered you yesterday, who are you again? So <laughs> um, I, I have to do that. In fact, um, someone emailed us like three or four weeks ago and she's like, I forgot to pay shipping. And I thought I answered her and I apparently didn't. And she's actually a, an author and she was going by her regular name. And she's like, by the way, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, I said, honestly, if I didn't get back to you, I was going to figure it out when I went to ship it out. And then I'd be like, well, you didn't pay shipping. So can we take care of this? So um, <laughs> she was so sweet about it, though. I understand you're really busy. And I'm like, no, I just sometimes they just fall through the cracks. So and unfortunately, owning a bookstore does not mean you sit and read all day. Right. <laughs> Sadly, no. <laughs> right. no. In fact, I laugh. Sometimes if it's really slow, I'll grab a book and sit down because that's going to bring someone in. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, what are you reading? No, oh, I really didn't start. I just thought I'd sit here for a few minutes because then someone was going to come in. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, lastly, where can everyone follow you online? That's the um, social coordinator, media person. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, all of our uh, uh, social media is uh, Love Sweet Arrow. Um, all lowercase, no spaces, no apostrophes, because apostrophes is not possible to use. So then some people actually email us with loves without the apostrophe. And I'm like, but it's supposed to have an apostrophe. <laughs> but like I tried to change it on Facebook and it wouldn't let me because it said I didn't have the ability to do that. I'm like, but I'm an admin. Let me add an apostrophe, please. And it won't. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, all those there, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, um, our website, it's all Love Sweet Arrow, um, which makes it kind of easy. Um, and I'm never clever enough to change uh, our name for the seasons. So it's going to remain Love Sweet Arrow. <laughs> Thank you both for sharing your time with us and all that you all do for romance readers. It is so appreciated. And I, I mean, we just have to plug it in, like being supportive of Harlequin writers, category romance writers as well. I was like, we were just so excited back. I think it was last year, the Moonlight Ridge trilogy that Joss Wood, Reese Ryan and Karen Booth did. It was like, <gasps> And in like a romance bookstore is like doing a box for category writers. That was so exciting to see. So thank you all for that as well. Oh, uh, and y'all will have to come back. We will find a reason to need to talk to you again. So we hope that you come yeah. back for sure. Sounds good. Thank you yeah, so much. And thank you for inviting us. Um, it was a real boost to the ego that someone wanted us on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>